Hello, welcome to the very first proper episode of Emmy's Insight. It is your host, Emmy, and today I thought I would jump straight into a chat about the power of our mind. I was tossing up between doing this episode first or starting with a bit of a life story episode just to give you an idea of who who you're listening to, um, who the voice is behind this, who I am. But I thought I would jump into a proper insightful episode before I bored you with myself. So if you've seen my YouTube channel, a video that I recently uploaded, which I titled Dear Uneducated Influencers, was touching on what I'm going to get into now. And a big part of it was how everything we consume influences us and I don't just mean like consumers in like what you eat but I mean like what you socially consume not just through social media but in life like as they say I don't know if anybody says this but I've heard that you are an average of the people that you spend most of your time with the five people you spend the most time with and although that might be a bit specific it is true that whatever you surround yourself with whoever you surround yourself with and whatever you consume socially, the content you consume, it does influence you and shape who you are. So I want to get into the power of our subconscious mind, as well as just the actual power of our mind. Like you may have heard quotes like, believe in yourself when you're halfway there, but you might be more than halfway there because it seems to be more than 50% mindset and self-belief. So that is how powerful our minds are. This is something I strongly believe. Obviously, it has to be realistic. Like if you believed you could fly and you jumped off a cliff, that's a little bit ridiculous. But it's more just in terms of things that you can do, but it's your mind that stops you from doing them. And I did want to touch on something that really stuck with me. Um, We did in a fatigue lecture at uni and it was about um, central fatigue, which impacts your performance, even though your muscles can actually still you know, exert more force, but the thing that stops you is a central mechanism. So today we're just going to dive straight into our minds. Okay, to start us off, I thought I'd just jump straight into what I talked about in the YouTube video that I mentioned about the subconscious influence of everything we consume. So in this video, I basically explained how everything that we see and we read and we hear about, regardless of if we decide to actively believe that and or actively follow it it will subconsciously influence us because we consume that material okay so the example I used was if you're following somebody on social media and say you're trying to avoid the kind of negative impact that they might have on you because of what they post but you're thinking to yourself I still want to see what they're posting I'm just going to follow them and not take it to heart I use this quote so often in that video, but I said, I'm just going to take everything with a grain of salt. So I basically explained how it is so hard to take everything with a grain of salt because it is subconscious, the impact that what you consume has on you. So it's not like you're consciously trying to, you know, take on what this person's doing. It's all at a subconscious level. So I use this example of, um, I follow... Or followed quite a few bodybuilders um, and they're or just the type of influencer the type of health influencer 
or fitness influencer who posts like constantly posts their calories or their daily macros. And for me, that was so negative and something I was trying to get out of myself. So I was like, you know, even though I'm not counting calories and I'm trying not to obsess over that, I can still follow this person and just ignore that they count calories and they always post about it. I, that was me, you know, I was like, I'll just take it with a grain of salt, but it's so hard to do that because it's subconscious. So even though I was trying to not, you know, take that on board, I would still find myself being influenced by that. And I would still find myself calculating in my head amount of the amount of calories. And I can't really blame it on that person or blame it on that, that I was looking at that material because I, you know, I've mentioned before in a lot of videos, if you followed me, but that is just another thing that I'm trying to work on myself, like mental health in terms of coming out of an eating disorder. But I still do think it was impacting me that I was seeing that material because as I said, it was subconscious. Another example I talked about in the video, I wanted to go into a little bit more kind of relates to this. Um, And it's not just what you see, but it's what you tell yourself. So that example was the things that you see every day in the world start to impact you. And uh, sorry to um, interrupt my next thought, but that also reminds me, it's kind of like when you have a dream about somebody that like you haven't seen in so long, but maybe they came up in a conversation and you hadn't thought about them in so long. And then you they come into a dream that night and it's because it's everything that you talk about, it all influences you subconsciously. Anyway, so as I was just saying, everything you tell yourself, you know, it becomes true to you. And this is something I, you know, believe in and really think about a lot. If you you know, always speaking down to yourself or telling yourself you're not good enough, then you won't be good enough. You know, you'll become what you believe because you're always feeding that information to yourself. So it's so important to be telling yourself positive things. And I'm not saying like being up yourself and being like obsessed with yourself saying like, oh, you're so hot or whatever it may be. But it is important to tell yourself, you know, like you are a good person. You're a beautiful person, not to be vain, but because that's what you start to believe. I use this example at training a lot. Like if you tell yourself on the start line, I can't do this, I feel so bad, you're not going to go out and run well. But if you tell yourself, no, I feel strong, I feel good because it's mainly mindset, that makes all the difference. So in the video that I am referring to a lot, um, I use the example of a girl that I was coaching um, for hurdles and she's a very good hurdler. She's a young little athletics kid. And this one day she just was messing up her hurdles. She kept stuttering and like, not getting off on her right leg and just it was a mess and I was like it's all in your head I you're a good hurdler you know how to do this and I can just see it as you're running to the hurdle that you're already like no 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 like you have to go at the hurdle like yes 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 like you have to believe and tell yourself I've got this after every rep she kept saying nah this is not my day like it's just not my day like I'm just messing up because I'm just having an off day I just said to her, look, you're telling yourself already like this is bad. Today's bad. You've written it off. You're not going to go and run a good rep when you've literally five seconds ago told me you can't do it. It's a bad day. So we're going to turn that around and we're going to start saying you've got this. You've got this. You've got this. You're fast. Go hard. And we, I just G'd her up so much for this rep. And I was like, come on, let's go. Let's go. You've got this. Attack that hurdle. Snap that trail leg around. And she did a great rep. And I was like, see, it's all in your head. So we talk about this a lot at our own training, like sometimes when we have a hard rep, we're like, oh, I can't do this. I feel so bad. Or like, especially in a hard session when you're full of lactic and you're like, nah, I'm gone. Our coach is like, 
it's your mind. Don't tell yourself you're gone on the start line. Tell yourself, you know, fucking YOLO, send it, go out, have a crack. And it is so mental. So like our minds are so bloody powerful. And another example that has stuck with me and I, uh, yeah, I think about a lot is, okay, I'm just going to read a little bit of this book. So Sally Pearson's book, Believe, which I got for Christmas when I was like 16 and I love it. It's still one of my favorite books. It's just such a good read. And because I'm very interested in that, it yeah, I loved it. So this one bit from it really stuck with me. She basically explained how she false started at a major meet and was disqualified. And she just said that she was so scared before she started and she couldn't stop thinking about don't false start. Like she was so nervous that she was going to false start and that she did because all that she was thinking about was don't false start, don't false start. And she ended up explaining in the book that she went to a sports psychologist and um, she explained that she kept saying don't false start, don't false start. And the sports psychologist told her to turn it into a positive and um, have like a positive cue instead of something negative and turn it the other way around. So she started to tell herself fast start, strong start. It's like turning everything around to a positive outlook and telling yourself fast start, strong start, you've got this rather than don't false start, don't mess it up. It it just goes to show how much influence what you're thinking really has on what you do. So going back to the YouTube video that I made that I've gone on harped on about um the reason I was having a little bit of a rant about you know uneducated influencers especially health influencers is because you know I have nothing against people who post information that's you know related to health and they're not educated but I was just pointing out the danger of the danger of it because if you don't have an education behind what you're talking about or you're not, I'm not saying you have to be, you have to wait until you're educated. Like, of course, there are so many people, like I'm one of them who's currently in the middle of like a university education. So you're constantly learning, which means you might make mistakes and you can share information. And then you can say, look, I've, well, you know, this new research has come out, but you're constantly learning and constantly trying to be promoting the best advice and having a look at the pros and cons. And it also helps you to Um, critically appraise things and that's something that I think is really lacking in like um, uneducated health influencers they can't critically appraise things because you see it all the time like the example I always go on is the promotion the huge over promotion by uneducated health influencers of coconut oil being some health product and if they had a you know education or they were seeking an education behind their brand I guess they would be able to critically appraise that and say look it's actually you know potentially harmful and not healthy and maybe they'll use it in moderation but they would be able to critically appraise um, research and realize that there are actually no proven health benefits of coconut oil and there are actually quite a few potential health risks of it because it's so high in saturated fats Um, and this is something that is very new and there is a lack of research Whereas, for example, olive oil has had countless um, high quality studies done that has shown that it's quite healthy. It's full of antioxidants and polyphenols. Whereas coconut oil, it is, you know, there is some potential evidence that may lean towards it being potentially um, beneficial for health. But at the moment, because it's all we know is that it's so high in saturated fats, it isn't a health product and the reason I'm having a little bit of a rant about this 
is because of the huge impact what we consume at a you know social level like for example on social media what that has on us so obviously a lot of people now see coconut oil as a health food because you know even if they take things with a grain of salt if they're constantly seeing um, a health influencer promoting a product they're subconsciously going to start seeing that product as like in a good light or as you know something special because it is being promoted by them so that's why I did have a little bit of a rant about health influencers basically about any influencer it's because of how influential and influencers influence is <laughs> wow that was ridiculous amount of the word a ridiculous use of the word influence but that's why it's called influence because you are influencing people's life what you post is impacting the decisions people are going to make so of course you you know nobody is to blame for somebody else's decision but you have to realize that it's going to impact them because even if you post something completely random at a subconscious level, everything that everybody consumes will impact them. So it's important to obviously try your best to post things that are positive, that are, you know, come from a good place, come from a place of education. And that's why I kind of had a rant about big influences that basically have no knowledge and real education behind some of the things they post or the claims they make because of just how how much bigger their impact will be on people because of, you know, the huge influence and huge reach they might have. Anyway, so that kind of touched on how, you know, the subconscious influence of things around us. I really wanted to talk more about just the actual power of our mind. So I mentioned that I wanted to talk about central fatigue and um, some of the interesting things um, in my course at university that we looked at this semester was to do with fatigue so because I study exercise science we do a lot of you know the body and we were looking at both peripheral and central fatigue so central fatigue is basically fatigue before the muscle so before the neuromuscular junction which is hang on I need to get my notes out (laughs) All right, I just grabbed some of my notes just so I don't forget anything. Let's just define fatigue to begin with. So there's so many definitions of fatigue. The definition we chose to follow was um, that fatigue is the failure to maintain a required or expected power output. Power output is basically the work we do, the external work we do. For example, if you've ever ran on a treadmill or used a stationary bike at the gym, you can see the watts that you're cycling at. That is your power output in watts. So when we want to exert our muscles and, you know, move, it all starts with motivation. It starts with the thought um, in the mind. And this is where we look at central fatigue. So we start in the mind. So we start with motivation. It goes to the motor cortex in our brain, which goes to the spinal cord and is sent through nerves, um, through a motor neuron to the muscle, to the peripheral nerve. So that's all neural. And that is where we look at central fatigue. Fatigue beyond that point when it's in the muscles is peripheral fatigue and that's for example when you're running a marathon and your muscles genuinely start to get depleted and they fatigue and you have to stop however central fatigue is all mental so some of the possible causes of central fatigue are psychological factors like motivation pain effort attention self-belief emotional state it's all mental so it's very much all in our head basically and that is and I really wanted to dive into this because it just really goes to show the power of our mind 
Okay, before I dive into a few super interesting examples that we talked about, I wanted to just quickly just explain the difference between um, central and peripheral fatigue in another way, which might just make a little bit more sense. So the way that central fatigue can be measured is by getting a participant to do a maximal voluntary contraction. For example, if they're using like a hand grip dynamometer, they're trying to squeeze it as hard as they possibly can and it's a maximum effort. So we get them to do that and then on top of that, an electrical stimulus is delivered to the muscle to get that muscle to maximally contract. So if they are doing a maximal effort, that should be the exact same level of contraction or the same level of force should be generated from their maximum contraction as the electrical stimulus generates. If there's a difference between the voluntary performance, so their maximum effort contraction and the performance of the muscle when it's electrically stimulated, that indicates central fatigue. So it identifies that there is something, there is a central mechanism there that is causing that loss of force, that loss of power output, and it must be central fatigue. Whereas peripheral fatigue would be over time that electrical stimulus delivered to the muscle is starting to cause a smaller, is starting to drop in force. So the muscle itself can't keep, you know, producing a high force because there's depletion of substrates or a buildup of waste products. So hopefully that makes that more clear. So I just wanted to get into a couple of the examples about central fatigue and I thought these were very interesting. So one of the last examples we actually talked about really did stick with me um, and I just thought about it because it was so relevant to anybody really who participates in sport even if you're recreational, if you go on runs and you try to push yourself to beat a certain time, you probably can push yourself more than you already are or more than you think you can. So a study was done on cyclists. Um, They basically deceived the cyclists to trick them into thinking they could perform better than they had before. Okay, so what they did was they got cyclists to do a four-kilometer time trial um, and that was like a baseline performance. Then later on another trial, they were shown their avatar. I'm not really sure exactly how, but they were basically shown their avatar while they were doing another 4K time trial. So they're watching this thinking, okay, that's what I did before. I can obviously try to do that again, but their aims to beat their avatar. But they know whatever their avatar is doing, this avatar is basically, they've created some digital version of them doing the race before. But they know like, that's what I can do. Can I do it better? However, the avatar was sped up, but they did not know this. So they think, okay, I did it before at that speed, so I have to do it at that speed again. But they're not aware that it's, they haven't done that before, but they, they, they think they have. So they're being deceived into thinking, I can do this. So the results from this study basically showed that they completed a 4K time trial faster. So they pushed so much harder the anaerobic contribution was so much higher, so they were really pushing themselves. The RPE, which means rate of perceived exertion, was higher. They pushed a lot harder. They were much more exhausted after. So they did feel it. They really felt it, but they pushed on because they saw, you know, they were able to do it before, so of course they can do it again. But they hadn't. It was all in the mind. So you can trick your mind to do something that you haven't done before. And it just goes to show how powerful your mind is to overcome you know, whatever your body is telling you, you can't do. You know that feeling when you're running hard and you're like, I can't do this. I'm at my max. You have to turn that thought around and say, I can do this. Go harder because you probably can. There are obviously some 
situations where people have gone to their actual maximum and their body starts to shut down. But for the most part, we probably all can go harder than we think. I wanted to touch a little bit about the central governor model. So this is all about how the brain regulates what we can do. Our central nervous system looks at a task that we have ahead of us and it determines what it like it anticipates the task ahead of us and then determines like what pace to go at in order to maintain and to basically preserve our body because fatigue is protective you know we fatigue to protect our body our bodies are smart and fatigue is important in many situations to protect our body you know preventing a metabolic crisis conserving muscle fibers so they don't start to completely break um, ensuring we don't completely deplete all the substrates that keep us you know, that fuel our body to have energy to keep sustaining life functions and also protecting that cardiovascular safety. So fatigue is, there is a point of fatigue. Our bodies are trying to minimize, you know, shutting down, minimizing hypothermia, um, which if it didn't fatigue in extreme situations, it could lead to things like organ shutdown. So the body is trying to keep a homeostatic balance. It's trying to preserve itself Um, because there's a risk of ignoring the signals of pain that are sent to us. And basically the central governor model is all about how the central nervous system gives you more feelings of discomfort um, because it's trying to maintain homeostasis. So you get a rising perception of pain and discomfort when you're, you know, running a hard run or running a marathon. And that's trying to reduce, you know, your ability to override the central control mechanism and pushing harder. So the central governor model kind of explains how performance and how, how hard we can exercise is regulated by the brain because it's trying to ensure we maintain homeostasis. So we do get more feelings of pain and we think we can't do it because our body is trying to say, you know, there is a limit. But often there is, we know we have more in us that we can tap into before we have to stop. So I wanted to talk about one last example that we looked at in a central fatigue lecture and that kind of showed how you know, we are able to perform more than we think. And it did kind of show how we are limited by the feeling of pain and our minds can overcome that more than we think. So in a study on cortical arousal, participants had to perform a maximum contraction of their forearm muscles with their eyes open and closed. And can you guess which time they could produce more force? Do you think it was when their eyes were open or when they were closed? When their eyes were open... They could produce so much more force than when their eyes were closed. Just imagine right now with your eyes closed, trying to perform a hard maximum contraction or a hard max effort task compared to with your eyes open. The reason they couldn't perform as hard with their eyes closed or they couldn't produce as much force is because when their eyes are closed, they're not distracted by anything around them and there's so much more focus to the discomfort of the task. Whereas when their eyes are open, They can be more distracted. Their attention is diverted away from the pain, for example. So that's the suggested reason why with their eyes open, they had greater force. They were able to produce more force. Basically, they had less focus on the pain and they could reduce their fatigue. And that was a central mechanism, obviously, because as I explained before, their muscles peripherally can still produce more force, but it's all in there. You know, it's all central. I remember having. I remember when we were doing a hard heel session a couple of months ago, because I am that annoying person between reps. I just talk so much, and sometimes people are like, "Shut up!" Like, and I completely get that because you know when you're in pain, 
you don't want to be like, yeah, you just like, shut up. Don't talk to me right now. I need to focus on, you know, not dying, but which I, I get, I'm also the same in certain training sessions, but in certain training sessions, I'm also like, I just want to not be thinking about what's to come. Just, I don't want to, I, I need to just run, not think because it's too painful. If you think, if you overthink, you might think I can't do this and not perform to your best. I just find that so interesting how powerful our mind is, especially the cycling example. Like they can perform better because they think they've done it before. And I thought I would just add a quote that I really, I've always loved. I actually have it stuck on my wall right now. Well, the entire quote is dream big, work hard, never stop believing that anything is possible. And I always love saying never give up because what I I actually made a video on this years ago when I was first very new to trying out YouTube. I was so embarrassed and like felt so judged, but I, I wanted to do it anyway. So I did it and I made this video where I talked about what I believe in and I talked about, you know, my like life philosophies, I called it, I think. And I said how I always believe that if you believe in yourself and you never give up, you will eventually succeed and get whatever you want because at the end of the day you have to like that's what will happen if you don't stop doing something or you die but if you never ever give up at something then eventually it's going to happen because well unless it's completely just completely unrealistic if you dedicate your life to something and you just keep at it eventually you will succeed at it because you haven't given up and with that with saying that you have to believe in yourself because as I've just explained for the last God knows how long at this point, believing in yourself influences you so much. If you don't believe you're going to be able to do something, then you're not going to go and do it because it determines how you go and do that thing. Okay, I know, I always use the example of running, but if you're trying to, if you don't believe I'm going to go and run a PB, then you're not going to run a PB because you're not going to go out hard enough. You're not going to run it properly because your body's not ready yet. You have to, really believe in yourself so you put your body in that place to do what you want to do it just goes to show you that life and like so much is all in the mind something that I really like I remember when I went to Oceana in when I was I think year 11 um, a lot of the older athletes because I was quite young at this point a lot of the other athletes or just the people that I met I remember meeting some people who they had this motto that has really stuck with me and they said someone's got to do it like someone's got to do it someone's got to win someone's got to someone's got to do it so why can't that be you and a lot of the time the only reason it can't be you is because you don't think it can be you so you do have to go into things with you know it's got to be someone someone's got to do it so why can't it be me for you that might not be winning a race or being I don't know getting a state rank in the HSE or whatever goal that you would love it could be anything. It could be getting a job that you want to get. It could be starting a YouTube channel or anything. You know, someone's got to do it. So why can't you be that person? So basically what I'm trying to get at this podcast, besides hopefully it was interesting and made you kind of think, I hope that this might make someone see that whatever you tell yourself is what becomes true for you. So, you know, the way you speak to yourself, if you speak to yourself negatively and have a poor relationship with yourself, that's just going to become true to you and it really will impact your life. And if you speak to yourself with kindness and you have a good relationship with yourself, I'm not saying this means you're like in love with yourself. I more mean like you're able to be hard on yourself when you need to be, but you're also able to be soft on yourself when you need to be and gentle with yourself. You just speak to yourself, you know, in 
a way that you can get the most out of life and you can be the best version of yourself that you can be because at the end of the day your mind has such a big influence on you as I hope you've kind of started to see after listening to this everything you think and the way you talk to yourself throughout the day it's all so influential and it it really does impact you and that's another reason why practicing gratitude is so important so you've probably all heard about you know gratitude you know practice gratitude and the last few weeks I've been really trying to practice gratitude and for me lately I've just been I've kind of spoken about this in a few recent videos that I've I haven't posted yet but they should be up by the time this episode's up I've been researching a little bit and listening to podcasts on the power of gratitude and how people practice gratitude and gratitude it's basically all about being grateful for what we have and the beautiful things in life and for example I was listening to Taria Pitt she's a very successful Australian woman who's had a very traumatic past and has been through some trauma yet she is happy and doing so well and she talked about how she practices gratitude and she said how she likes to think of three things each day that she's grateful for and she also mentioned how she didn't just say like oh you know having clean water having shelter but things that weren't so like basic obviously we're so lucky to have what we have have all the basic necessities and she mentioned how she tried to focus on things that she was truly grateful for things in her day that made her that made her happy not basic things that she was grateful to have but things that made her happy and she said things like you know her husband bringing her her morning cup of coffee that was one of them so i've tried to implement practicing gratitude so often over the last few weeks and i've honestly found it to be already in a very short amount of time helpful because it's been shown to not only you know help people who might be struggling with depression or or if you're going through a rough patch or if you're sad but people who are already happy can foster more happiness and people who already are happy can still foster happiness and work on their mental health by practicing gratitude it's for everybody and I've talked about how I am a very highly strung person I deal with anxiety and I stress a lot and I try really hard to be balanced and it's gotten a lot better and lately when I have moments of like stressing out or getting anxious, I force myself to stop and just tell myself or think of three things that I'm grateful for. And it just shifts your perspective to force yourself to focus on the positive things. And, and that's why it's so helpful for your mental health and for your happiness to practice gratitude because it, it just forces your mind to change the way it changes your mindset it forces you to have a more positive mindset and focus on the good things and the positive things and and it's harder to be sad and to not be happy when you're constantly thinking of things that you're grateful for so I really encourage you to think of that and like think of things that you're truly grateful for that make you happy that you would be sad to not have in your life so for example today and just something lately that I always have been thinking I'm so grateful for is the beautiful place that I live in I love living in Australia I love living near the beach and near the bush and I love our native animals and I feel very at home here and and that's something I'm really grateful for if I lived in another country I wouldn't feel so at home and it wouldn't be where I want to be so I'm so grateful for where I get to live that's something I've been grateful for lately so I just thought I'd add that just the power of the way you think and how it influences the rest of your day the rest of your life and who you are as a person so I'm going to wrap up this first podcast however I started so much it's going to take me a long time to edit and it will take me a long time to get used to doing podcasts and just like going off in tangents and talking without having to like stop and be like holy shit what do I say next so <laughs> I hope that this podcast was insightful and 
meaningful to you and I hope you do get a few things out of it. Some of the things I hope that you get out of it is that you're so much stronger than you think. It's all in the mind. There are times when you can definitely be harder on yourself. You, Your body can do more than what you think. Remember, it's more than 50% mindset. So start changing your mindset. Start telling yourself that you've got this. Start telling yourself, you know, why can't you get that job? Why, why go into things thinking like, oh, I won't get this. You know, go into things being like someone's going to get it. So may as well have a crack. And maybe you'll realize how you're so, how subconsciously everything in your life does influence you. So it's great to, to surround yourself with people who are, you want to be like, people who make you feel better, people who make you a better person and, you know, content, consume content that makes you feel good about yourself and that is beneficial and positive to your life. And I'm going to leave you with a quote. I think I want to do that after every podcast which I should probably plan ahead of time and I haven't done that today. So I'm procrastinating by saying it right now by telling you this because I need to quickly think of something on the spot. But I guess fitting with what I've been talking about, even though I've said this quote already, I'm going to say it again. Today, this is a quote I'm going to leave you with. Dream big, work hard and never stop believing that anything is possible. Never give up on your dreams. And believe in yourself. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you join me in the next podcast. Until then, you can find me on Instagram and YouTube, Imogen.Russell. I'm also in the process of making an Instagram account for this podcast. I think I'll be calling it Emmy's Insight, something along the lines of that. So just keep an eye out for that. And it would mean so much if you could support this podcast in any way possible. Honestly, I'm not really sure how podcasting works. I'm very new to it, but if you could like leave a review and rate the podcast I think you can do that on Apple Podcasts not really sure maybe like leave it a like or follow it on Spotify I have no idea how it works but yeah it really means a lot supporting it in any way you can if you do enjoy this podcast and yeah I'm so excited to continue sharing episodes with you and thank you so much for listening bye